Um, we will be having a special scripture reading by Lila. Okay. The Word of God, Luke nineteen twenty-eight to forty. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying them, Go to the village ahead of you. As you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead and went and found it, and he had told him as they were untying the coat. Its owners asked them, why are you untying the coat? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the coat, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they have seen. Bless the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees and the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry. And that's the word of God. I know. You guys are wondering who I am. I am not Eeyore. I'm John. I am one of the pastors serving here at New Mercy, who is insane enough to wear a suit like this today. In nine years, I've never done something like this. But I do have a point to make. And I wanted to surprise you guys because you kids are joining us today, right? Who likes donkeys? I know all these adults are lying right now. (laughs) Now, just in case you're wondering why I'm in an Eeyore suit, a donkey, it's because two weeks ago when we started Lent sermon series, Pastor Lisa came up and started talking about Adam and Eve and the clothing that we're wearing. They got naked and then God gave them new clothing. And then last week, Pastor Josh talked about clothing too. Do you remember, parents? He talked about how some of us struggle because we put on a costume like a lion or a gorilla, right? And we never understand the true identity of who we are. And rather, we live with the fake costume that we put on ourselves. So I thought, you know what? Let's go along with it. And I'm going to actually wear a costume today and change my clothing. And I have a point. But before I do, I have a surprise for you. Not only this is a surprise, but I need a volunteer. And I think Zoe told me early that he's gonna, she's going to come up and help me. So come on up. Let's give Zoe a hand. Now... Zoe, do your parents let you play with fire at home? No? Don't be scared. It's okay. We're not going to burn you. I'm not like your dad. I'm very safe. Okay? Now, what I need you to do is 
I'm going to fire these candlelights, and I have something to show you. But before we do, I need some of that firepower that you have. Do you have any firepower? So this is how you make firepower. Kids, follow after Zoe, okay? Put the hands together like this, and then we rub it slowly, a little bit faster, a little bit faster. You feel that fire? It's getting hot. It's getting hot. And then pass it on to me. Pass it on to me. Okay. Don't, don't get scared. I told you, I'm safe. It's not like at home, okay? Now, let's see if Zoe's firepower in my hands worked to create fire. Whoa. You like that? I just have to light a candle and you guys go crazy, right? Now, I don't think that was strong enough because it didn't happen the way I needed it to happen. So we're going to try one more time. Kids, put your hands together. We're going to rub really hard this time. Really fast, really fast, really fast until it gets really hot. And then give me the power. Give me the power. And then, come here. You can go sit down. That was crazy, right? That's called too much firepower, Zoe. Too much power. Now, I know the school's not going to be happy, so don't post this in the school. Now, when you see a candle and you put a fire on, you expect the candle to burn like that but the reason why magic shows are fun is because something always unexpected happens right magic show would not be fun if you expect if i if i took a bird real bird show it to you put it in my pocket and then i said hello here's a bird it would not be fun magic shows are always fun and magic tricks are a little scary but fun because something unexpected happens Just like today, I showed up in a donkey suit unexpectedly, not just to be be consistent with other pastors preach, but you know why I'm in a donkey suit today? Because in today's passage in Gospel of Luke, Jesus rides a donkey, and we find out that donkey is very loved by Jesus. But here are some expectations that we have about donkeys, certain assumptions that we might have donkeys. Right? We all think donkeys are what? A little bit weird, slow, stupid. Yeah, a little bit Different. not as smart. <laughs> because when we talk about donkeys, we think about characters like Eeyore in Winnie the Pooh. This donkey is characterized as pessimistic, gloomy, slow, and very depressed. And then Another famous donkey that we know is from where? Shrek. Shrek. His name is? Donkey. And this donkey in Shrek is characterized as an annoying, obnoxious, not-so-smart sidekick. Right? And in Pinocchio, we also see this place called Pleasure Island, right, where bad, mischievous boys go, and when they're really, really bad, they turn into? Donkeys. So... Throughout our pop culture, in movies, TV shows, and literature, what we see is that donkeys are very slow, not smart, 
They're not friendly. They're just a sidekick, and they're very annoying and obnoxious. But guess what? Those assumptions and expectations we have about donkeys are actually all wrong, right? Our expectations about donkeys are all wrong because you know that donkeys are, in fact, very strong, very dependable, friendly, and very, very obedient. Did you know that donkeys are used to protect sheep and cattle and goats? Like dogs, right? In some parts of the world, they use donkeys to protect their cattle and sheep because when a, a foe, like a fox or a wolf come out, donkey listens with his big ears and he stomps and then he chases after them. This is all facts. I'm not making this up, right? Donkeys, did you know, are same, smart enough to warn each other and other animals. When they sleep at night, they have their ears perked up, and when they hear sudden noise from an animal that's dangerous, they make a special noise to let their other donkey friends know. And did you know that? I know that you guys don't know distances too much well. But parents, did you know that donkeys uh, yell to warn other donkeys can travel up to 60 miles? That's crazy. That's superpowers. Unexpected, right? Another unexpected truth about donkeys are that donkeys are very strong and obedient to people. They're very friendly and they're very obedient. Do you know why? Do you know how we know that? Because people, some parts of the world, maybe not in the U.S., when they travel into desert or up in the mountains and the hills that are very, very dangerous, they don't take horses. You know why? Because horses are temperamental. They're very emotional animals. So when they get spooked, they get scared and they go, ah! and they go crazy. And they might fall off the cliff. But you know, donkeys are very obedient and they're very calm. They, in fact, scientists uh, study donkeys. When something scary happens, they don't get startled right away. They calm themselves and they say they actually reason with their minds and think, is this dangerous for me? Or is it not? And then they react so that people, when they train donkeys, they take donkeys to dangerous places because they are very calm, obedient animals. In fact, donkeys are also very, very strong. Did you know that? They're very strong. They're stronger than horses that are of the same size. Did you know that? We think horses are almighty and strong, but in fact, donkeys are even stronger. Right? And last but not least, did you know that donkeys have incredible memory? Shattering our expectation, donkeys have a special memory that they can recognize areas, locations, or other donkeys that they met 25 years ago. Yeah. Is that crazy? 25 years ago. Our parents don't even remember what happened yesterday. But donkeys can remember what happened 25 years ago. And the friends that they met, right, they can remember 25 years later. Why am I talking so much about donkeys and I'm in a donkey suit? Not just to make you laugh, but because Jesus loved donkeys. (laughs) Did you know that? Jesus loved donkeys. Because in today's passage, this is what's happening. Jesus is coming back to Jerusalem For one last time. Because we know that Jesus ends up dying on the cross. 
But today, in today's passage, uh, Jesus marches in to Jerusalem, knowing that he's going to die on the cross and suffer. He goes to pray, and he sends his two disciples down into town and says, Hey, go down and find a donkey tied in this random house that you don't even know the owner of. And then untie the donkey and bring it to me. And then the disciples say, Jesus, I don't know whose donkey that is. I don't even know where I'm going. How, how, why, why would they give me a random donkey that they own? And Jesus says, just tell them that the Messiah Jesus needs. So the disciples go down and they untie the donkey and they bring him to Jesus. And this is how much Jesus loved donkeys. Jesus decided to march into Jerusalem on a donkey while everyone, thousands and thousands and thousands of people have gathered. Some historians argue millions have gathered as Jesus enters into Jerusalem, throwing palm branches, throwing, you know, waving at them, throwing their clothes on the ground because they believe that Jesus was the new king that's going to save them. But instead of riding a horse with the big sword like a real king should, Jesus decided to ride a donkey. You know why? Because donkeys are very humble animals. See, kings during this time, kings, when they fought against other cities, other kings, and they went to war. You know what they rode? What do you think they rode? A horse. But sometimes kings during this time also rode donkeys. You know why? Kings only rode donkeys during this time to show and symbolize and offer peace onto another city. So when... If you're in the castle and you see a king marching towards you on a horse with the army behind you, you know that he's ready to fight and destroy you to take over your land. But if you saw a king on a donkey riding towards you, you knew that this king wanted to come humbly before you to offer peace. And this is exactly how Jesus comes into Jerusalem. On a donkey, quietly, Humbly. But you know what? We talked about expectations, right? Magic show, something unexpected happens. Donkey suit, pastor wearing one on a Sunday morning, unexpected. Just like it, on the day Jesus comes into Jerusalem as the new king, as people are saying, Messiah, Hosanna, praise God, now we got the new savior. That's what it means. Hosanna, you're awesome, you're going to save us. You know what they were thinking? They were waving the palm tree branches and they were expecting this king to ride on a horse, come into their lives and fight with the soldiers of the Roman Empire and destroy them and rescue all of them. That's what the Jewish Israelites thought. They thought, Hosanna, king is here. They expected the king to come mightily with force and power and destroy and demolish the Roman Empire and save them. 
so that they will sit at the right hand and the left hand of Jesus Christ. And this is why the disciples always fought. They said, you know what? When Jesus becomes real king, then I'm going to be rich. I'm going to be powerful. I'm going to rule over this land next to Jesus. But guess what? All the people's expectations, all those who screamed Hosanna, all those who came out with palm branches, throw clothes and cloaks on the floor to show honor of the new king. They got exactly what they did not expect. Humble king in just a white cloak riding a donkey. Don't you, don't we, expect things from God? We all have expectations. We sing to God, Messiah, you are the king, you are my savior. And we expect, God, you will come into my life and you will give me what I want. I need financial security, God. So we take it a step further. We want financial security by getting me a new job, God. Giving me that bonus, giving me that new salary. Let me win the lottery. Let me win that bet. Some of us have different expectations from God. God, I expect you to bring peace and love into my family so... I want my child to change the way I want it to. I want my spouse to change the way I want it to. We start having expectations on God, and we tell Him over and over again and almost demand what He should be doing in our life. God, we expect you to provide us from sickness and injuries, so don't let anything bad happen to me or my loved ones. Look, there's nothing wrong with expecting things from God. Nothing wrong with asking God for things in our lives and having those expectations. But what happens when our expectations are not met? What happens when our spouse does not change? What happens when I don't get that new job? What happens when I don't get that bonus, when I don't get that girlfriend, boyfriend, when somebody who I love is sick? When... Ultimately, what I pray for and demand of God does not happen, then how do we react? I'll tell you what happens in Luke and in all the Gospels. When their expectation is felt through, when they expected king to come on a horse and save them from the Roman Empire, and that does not happen, their expectations are shattered. You know what happens? Within less of a week's time, in five days or less, all these people we saw in today's passage in Luke 19, who praise God, Hosanna, Savior, Yisir, you know what they do? They turn their back on Jesus. They throw stones at him. They spit on him. They whip him, curse him, and eventually they put him on the cross. We know that life is very different than the way we expect it to happen. But the reality is, we are just like these folks who crucified Jesus on the cross. We constantly demand things from God, but when our expectations fall short and God does not respond the way I want to, the timing, the way I need it, then we turn our backs against God. We point fingers, and some of us, honestly, get angry and frustrated at God. What God reveals in our lives, in His time, in His ways, in His reason, is always better than our expectations. 
You know what? God's revelation always outweighs our expectation. God's revelation always outweighs our expectations. Look, I know it's tough. Sometimes I expect good things from God, and it doesn't happen. Yes, you have the right and you have the freedom that God gave you to complain to God, be frustrated, even angry at God. But that's how gracious our God is. He takes even all that and said, I know it didn't happen the way you expected, but I have something better for you in mind. In my time, in my perspective, trust me, is what God says to us. So I want to preach. I want to remind us, church, new mercy today. Can we remember and trust in God's love and grace that he is always a good God who will only provide amazing things in our life. And it might not be the way we expect it to, but even when our expectations are shattered, I hope that you find hope in God and hold on even stronger and more to God because we believe in this one truth, which is that God's revelation always outweighs our expectations. It's very difficult in moments when God does not provide the way we expect it to. But I hope that once again, as we spend this Palm Sunday together, as we wave the palm branches in our imagination to God, as we celebrate Jesus Christ as he comes into Jerusalem, look, let us provide our expectations to God. And I hope that your prayer is like mine today, which is not, God, I expect and demand these things from you, and if it doesn't, I will, but rather we pray to God. God, I have expectations. I'm a human being, but I'm broken. So if my expectations do not come true in this life, I want to trust that your revelation and what you want to reveal in my life always outweighs and is always better than what I can expect from my life. So I want to invite the church. Will you just close your eyes and pray with me, children? Will you just close your eyes and pray with me for a little bit? Let's pray for a little bit. Parents, if your kids are next to you, will you just pray with them? Let's pray before we go into time of communion. Let us pray. Lord, we pray to you as one church, one body. We know that this young donkey that you rode was so much more than a sign and symbol of Jesus' humility. Rather, in keeping with your prophecy in the Old Testament, we know that this was a sign and symbol to all those who witnessed Jesus' entrance to Jerusalem, that God was not yet done with them. More than that, the prophet, Lord, speaks the truth that the one riding that donkey had been sent to offer the world another way, another path to victory. And Lord, we thank you that you chose a path to victory that is of humbleness that is full of trustworthiness that is full of grace and love Lord may we remember that what you reveal in our lives is always greater and better than what we expect so Lord we thank you for being with us and loving us continually we thank you for this church new mercy we thank you for this Palm Sunday may we continually obey you and love you In Christ's name we pray, amen.